It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 79 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. As Heather started to mention yesterday, or maybe she did actually talk about it, I'm starting to wonder if Heather actually did take a bit of that Aztec gold. Not that we have any degree of curse that some people face. It's my perspective, kind of this disclosure, and rather out of character since I really am a pessimist and Heather would probably agree to that. Yes. But there's been a bit of a spooky, tiny curse element or elements that have popped up this week. First, we had the creaking chair getting more and more annoying that I just can't stand. I'm ready to destroy it. And probably you are too. Then we had the failure of the air conditioner capacitor during a heat wave. That That's is keeping the flux this, capacitor. <laughs> not the flux capacitor. That's Back to the Future Minute. Go check out our friends at Back to the Future Minute. <laughs> but it's keeping the studio a nice, pleasant 85 degrees. Ah, just nice. <laughs> Nothing like broadcasting from a sauna to keep the mind sharp and the sweat pouring from our heads. <laughs> and then my notes from yesterday's show were obliterated and they just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, that's just bizarre. They were there, and then they were gone. Well, you know, you shouldn't have taken the Aztec gold. Probably shouldn't have wrote them in ice cubes. I arranged <laughs> them all in ice cubes, my notes, and then the sauna in here just melted yeah, it all. I'm melted like, what it away. Yeah. So setting logic aside, it seems to me there is really only one explanation, and that's Aztec curse. Yes. It's a baby Aztec curse. And that means we really do need to do a whole blood repaid deal just to be safe. Now, given that I'm the captain... I am looking for a volunteer. You're Heather. the one that stole the Aztec gold. How dare you? <laughs> Actually, as captain, I suggested and it, it was, and the crew members such as yourself went and grabbed it. And it was your notes that disappeared, not mine. So why are you cursing me? Then? I'm not cursing Wait, you. you know, but I am glad that you're just going to make a sacrifice for the audience here and do a blood well, repaid. And I thought you loved the listeners. <laughs> Walk the plank. Maybe in that case, let's just get the sweating and frustration started for minute 79. <laughs> in the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow drops the blood repaid bomb on Captain Barbosa. Not out of the goodness of his little pirate heart, but to prevent the cursed crew from carrying out their kill him orders. Meanwhile, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan are back on the Orca, the Titanic, I mean the Interceptor. Playing Doctor. I mean, trading pirate stories. I mean, filling each other in on their crazy swashbuckler adventure. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. Arr! My mind is so in the gutter. <laughs> I'm just a wholesome broadcaster bringing entertainment about Pirates of the Caribbean to the masses, and you are just a dirty, filthy rat. A naughty rat. As Will bandages her hand, it's good to be the king of the world. Minute wrong 70. movie again. Oh, wrong. Dang it. <laughs> I am all over the place today. Minute 79 begins with Will apologizing for hurting Elizabeth while doctoring her hand, giving the typical man excuse, I'm sorry, a blacksmith's hands. Elizabeth agrees that his hands are rough, but urges him not to stop as they lock eyes. 
Is it me or is it actually getting hot in here? Is it getting hotter than the 85 degrees because of the actual heat? Yes. That's what I thought. The minute ends with Elizabeth giving Will the medallion, revealing his disappointment as he asks her why she took it. Elizabeth gives a typical woman an excuse. Because dot dot dot. (laughs) (laughs) See? Look at I had both man and woman excuse in there. Ah, the poetry of it. So I'd like to start this off, by the way. You're just going to announce it? Yeah, I'm going to announce it. There's no way that Will's rough hands are so rough as to hurt Elizabeth's little delicate hands. That's not what hurt her hands. Yeah, but that's his excuse. They're rough. I'm taking it as because he was, he's not gentle. Oh, okay. So he's tying the bandage and, and doing the bandaging and he pulls it too tight and that's when... She jerks her hand yeah. back. Okay. And so they are rough because they are blacksmith's hands. He's busy working the ingots all day long or his ingots all day long. So they just get calloused up. But he's also just rough and not as gentle because he's using used to work with iron and swords. Okay. Get it? Yeah, I got it. So that's why. It's just he's not gentle. He doesn't have that finesse. He's just a little more like he's got a couple of hooves. <laughs> that's an inside joke to somebody out there. <laughs> I think you know who you are when you hear that. <laughs> Sorry that we had to put an inside joke on there, but they'll know who this is. I got one more thing. Thanks for announcing it. You're oh welcome. my god. What is Will not supposed to stop doing? Does she want her whole arm wrapped up? Just a minute, I'm gonna go get some ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's don't stop. She ends up being like a mummy, (laughs) right? Don't stop. I think there's other connotations there besides don't stop. Don't stop. I think there's some unwrapping that she's looking for. Don't stop holding her hand, don't stop caressing her hand. And we're gonna have to beep the rest of that out. I just have to say, is it me or is Pirates of the Caribbean, and maybe Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Curse of the Black Pearl, however you want to say that, has taken quite a turn, and now we find ourselves in the beginning of a steamy, romantic pirate novel? Yes. Oh, you bet. Some Fifty Shades of Pirate action going on here. (laughs) That's what I think is... It's the start. Scott hasn't read many romance novels, if that's what he's saying here. I haven't. I haven't read any, actually. (laughs) Because that's completely different. Well, I have no idea. (laughs) And there I thought I knew what women wanted. No. I guess I don't. Jeez. Back to the drawing board. There's big time flirting going on. I'll just say that. But seriously. You think? (laughs) Just a little. They kind of move in for a kiss and then, oh, it's backed off. Oh, yeah. I got some stuff to say about that. You got that? that? Did I jump ahead again? No, you didn't jump ahead. Okay. I'll just start off that part of the conversation, not that I know we need to rehash part of that or just to recharge it or restart it or however you want to call it. But seriously, Will and Elizabeth are finally getting beyond the formality of their class status. Yes. Two young people in love. Oh, so beautiful. But did you notice she pulls off the greatest tease of the 18th century? (laughs) One that will go down in history. Did you notice this? Yes. Is it? Did you notice it after I told you? Or did you notice it before I told you? When she backs away from the kiss? Yep. That's not what I'm talking about. Boom, you didn't know what I was talking about. Well, I didn't know if you went down farther in the minute. Because, oh, I got something down farther in the minute. (laughs) Somebody's going downtown. (laughs) Well, not that far down. (laughs) 
If I look up teas in the dictionary, and I did actually, there's actually a picture of Elizabeth Swan on the HMS Interceptor. <laughs> With right Will's there. hand in her hand? That's right. Let me set the stage here, everyone. She's lighting Will's fire, as well as her own here. They move in for the kiss, as Heather said. Then we get, okay, am I going to go here again? The proverbial, maybe yet another movie cliche, or should I just say, maybe it's more precise to say formula, movie formula. Stopping just before their lips connect so she can tell Will a deep, dark secret. And this actually isn't quite where I was going to go yet. That's still to come. Like Elizabeth, I'm just teasing the audience right now. But right? I mean, that's the tease because you know this new information may ruin the moment. Right? Yes. You see that in a lot of movies. There's that just about, and then they reveal like, oh, I'm the one who killed your father. Or I'm the one who's whatever. Insert X here. And then they kind of stop and they fight and that tension kind of keeps going. And then we'll see what happens at the end. But then they maybe come together at the end of the movie. But most importantly, and I know that everybody's waiting for this. What I'm really talking about here is what she does with her hand. That little minx grabs his hand and starts to move it to her chest. Down her chest. Hey, it's getting hot in here. It's hot. (laughs) Very hot. Shiver me timbers. Like Will, I think I need myself a giant glass of ice water. I don't think there's ice water back then. This poor guy is burning up then. <laughs> and Actually, the rum's we should just going to make him hotter. Let's all pause and let everybody go grab a drink. Everybody go hold, cool down. Sit in front of your air conditioners, you jealous. Well, I'm the jealous bastard yeah. for that. Just cool down. She's grabbing his hand. She's moving it towards her chest. Kind of slipping it down the blouse. And Will's eyes get literally... And dare I say metaphorically, large, engulfed, whatever you want to put there. <laughs> and then the letdown, the tease, the world's largest tease. The tease in the 18th century that can still be heard today. It can still, if you listen, you'll hear the tease echo. <laughs> His hand is placed on the medallion, the goddamn medallion. <laughs> I guarantee this is not the medallion he was expecting to get his hand on. I don't think that's what he wanted. Of course not. His eyes. I just told you his eyes got big. What's up with her giving a tease like that? She knows he's got something for her. I have no idea. I don't even know what's going on there. Will's now thinking, if you'll excuse me, I need to see if this ship has a blacksmith shop so I can sharpen my sword. (laughs) This is the moment where actually the whole... There's like one of those old-timey... What is it when you have like that? No, I can't think of what it's called. It's like a break in the movie. Dang it. I can't even think of what it's called. An intermission. There's an intermission. All the guys get up out of the movie. I saw this. There's actually an intermission in the Curse of the Black Pearl. I clearly remember it this time. Intermission. All the guys got up. They had to go get, well, they had to go get a refill on their sodas and their ice. And then they came back in. And... By the way, Will came back into the scene as well. He actually left and came back. I don't think Will could stand up at this moment. (laughs) Wow. Crazy Jolly Roger. This show has definitely taken a turn for the worst. And we should have known that we've been building up with all these euphemisms over the show as things have evolved here. I think that they should have cut this minute out before giving it to us for a movies by minute breakdown. Probably would have been a good idea. Especially, I'm just glad we don't have a lot of rum flowing in the studio right now because all hell would really be breaking loose. <laughs> but if you hadn't noticed it, and I didn't really pay that much attention to it before doing the movie breakdown, but when I saw that and I rewound it and rewound, and rewound it, it and rewound, rewound it. it again, yes, hey, I had to make sure. Slow motioned it? 
I slow motioned it maybe. He was getting a little thrilled out of this. And she clearly teased that. What is with her? (laughs) If Norrington saw that, his eyes would have exploded in his head. Well, he would have figured, oh, I'm done. Will would probably be dead. Yeah. So Will comes back in from the blacksmith shop a few minutes later. And the the moment is ruined. Because now it gets into the whole, you stole this kind of from me deal. So I do want to point out that the necklace is pulled from her neck again. By her. Yeah. I think the chain has some magic repairing abilities because it is constantly touching the cursed Aztec gold that maybe has some kind of special healing abilities, if you want to say gold has healing abilities. What I found interesting is this is Will's medallion and chain, yet she carelessly yanks it off her neck right in front of him rather than carefully... you don't do whatever she That's just a good point. It, you know? It's not even hers to be what yanking. What does this lady have against just taking off a necklace? Do all, We should have a poll. Do women routinely just grab their necklaces to take them off and pull them? No. Okay, then. But do we know if that was a common occurrence in the 1700s? <laughs> I would hope not. Maybe that's how they did it back Maybe. then. Maybe. In reality, the necklace was actually being placed on with tape. And so that she could actually just rip it off her neck fairly easily. But I know she was always commenting on how... And when I say her, Kira Knightley, was how that the tape would get stuck or when she was pulling it would get stuck in her hair and she'd rip out some hair when doing that. Yeah. It is interesting that this is the way, maybe it just looks better on film than actually trying to lift it over your hair. She has longer hair. It's getting all caught up yeah. and tangled in the hair. Maybe. Just kind of a movie choice just on that. Just yanking it off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Will That's was the doing. Necklace. <laughs> oh, the necklace. The necklace off. I th- oh, okay, the necklace. I thought we were still talking about the other incident. No. Oh. And he's a bit angry here. Well, that's what I was going to... Well, I wasn't going to say that, so I guess I lied. I lied to everybody out there. Of course you did. You like doing that. I mean, it wasn't... I had a different take on it. I did mean, he's angry. Anger? Well, he was angry there, and he's disappointed, for sure, because that was the link... And like his only remaining connection to his father. So that's why I said kind of pissed and disappointed is kind of how I would describe it. But he should be joyful. He now has it back. Well, he now has it back. But maybe he's starting to... Maybe he's just showing anger about his father and this... He's mad because his father sent him this. Because why did Bootstrap send Will a piece of the Aztec gold? Was it a souvenir or was it a result of the curse? And by that, I mean, was it a way of it to keep it out of Barbosa's hands so Barbosa and the rest of the crew couldn't end the curse? I, I mean, I do have some information on that, but we're not going to do that now oh. because it comes up later on. Okay. But I figured you probably didn't remember, so I was just going to throw that out there. I thought it'd be a good question to ask. You I mean, were asking me? Yeah, kind of. So if it's a souvenir, that's awesome because who doesn't want a piece of ancient Aztec gold, like a kid or adult? I mean, who wouldn't want the real deal? Well, yeah. But if it's to keep it from Barbosa. Then what is your thoughts on that? What do you think? I think it's to keep him from Barbosa. So it's out of Barbosa's hands. So okay. You can't do you have any it. additional thoughts on that? Or just that? Just that. Man, the analysis is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts are It's hot. <laughs> I know it's hot in here. It is hot in here, Jesus. I think we need to rethink how good a man bootstrap actually is or was. Right? Yes. To send his kid a piece of gold knowing Barbosa would be looking for it is quite a dangerous proposition. Imagine this. Let me well, set the stage. Okay, go. What? 
Maybe when he sent it, he didn't know that it would call to them. I would assume he sent it shortly after they all got. There's some information that comes medallions. up from Pintel later on that okay. explains that. I don't know how much we want to get into it now. We can kind of wait. But I figured this was when Will is, is talking about that. So he should have some of these feelings. So just let me set a stage then for you. Okay. Just to see how it goes. Dad comes home from a business trip and the kid runs to the door to greet him all excited. What'd you bring me? We've right. seen this in movies. Oh, yeah. This is reality for a lot of people, yeah. right? Dad's like, well, I was visiting this Caribbean island called Isla de Muerta. What's that mean, Dad? Oh, no need to worry about that now, son. Don't worry. Just a name. Wow, is that real gold? Why, yes, it is, son. It's a real pirate gold medallion. A little something to say how much I love you. Make sure to keep it with you at all times, son. Oh, dear bootstrap. Why did he do this? I mean, he did the same thing. He failed to mention that with this gold, his boy would now have a cursed skeleton pirate crew looking for him. Now, I know pirate adventures are cool and all. Makes a great birthday party. For all you SoCal listeners, check out the Royal French Privateers at Clan Dark Sale. But I'm pretty sure when the Clan Dark Sale rolls into your party, they don't do it as skeletons and plunder the party, pillage the presents, and steal the keepsake your dad left you. I think they're pretty stand-up <laughs> pirate guys. Adam Liebrich Johnson could confirm that for us. He's been on the show as a guest. If you didn't listen to that, listen to minute 66 and 67. But maybe this is just one of those things that have changed over the centuries. In the 21st century, we frown on giving kids cursed gold sought by skeleton pirates. But maybe in the 1700s, it was an everyday occurrence. Maybe. But just think of it. He knows that the curse was there. Bootstrap did. Yeah. He sends it away by your, what you're saying, that he sent it away to keep it from Barbosa. Right. Why? That's like, To you keep know, it from Barbosa. Knowing that they're going to go after your kid to get it back. Because they want to not be cursed. Yeah, but did Bart? I don't did care. I don't care if Bootstrap kn- know that. Yes, Bootstrap knew that. They, he knew they could. He was part. Yeah, he's part of the crew. He knew they had the curse. That you have to put the gold back. He may not have known all of the details yet. That maybe there's other details with that. Like but the, does it matter? The, the coins calling to them. But does that matter? They know that they have to get them back. Yeah, but did Bootstrap know? Does it matter? Yeah. Really? Yeah. If the gold, so it's like okay that there's there's going to be crazed psycho lunatics coming after this gold or searching for it high and low, mind you, forever, right? And then he sends it to his kid. Hey, little Johnny, a bunch of lunatic bank robbers are going to be coming for this medallion that I stole from them. Why don't you hang on to that for me, son? Might not call to them, but they're going to be looking for it, and eventually, maybe they'll find it. Do maybe. You, do you want to chance? What are the chances of them finding it, though, if it doesn't call for them? Hello, everyone out there. This is just a PSA that I have to give to everyone. Heather obviously does not care about children, even in the by her logic that okay, it may not call to them, so the possibility is not a hundred percent that they'll find them. But even if it's 10%, do you want to go ahead and give your kid that trinket that will draw skeleton pirates to them to hunt them down? Maybe he wanted You're willing his to son to become a, a pirate. <laughs> a dead pirate? No, just a pirate. These guys are killing pi- killer pirates. And, and he's sending it off to his son. He should have thought about that a little more. He should have. Because why send it to your son? He could have mailed it to Johnny Billy down the street in England. 
right? Yes. To a neighbor or something, just anonymous, just send it off. Instead, he sends it to his son. He should have Is the risk greater than that reward? He -hmm. could have sent something else. I mean, there's a freaking load of treasure in there. He could have pulled anything else out and gave it to his son and then sent this thing off to some other address in England or Africa. Maybe just it made was up a sign. Address. I don't know. We'll have Maybe to find he out. Maybe he was telling his, fa- his son that he really was a pirate. I think you're a pirate apologist. <laughs> I'm just saying, why risk it for the son knowing that these crazy guys are going to be coming looking for it? Or even if you don't know that it calls to them at that stage when he mails it off, is why chance it? I'm not sure it? they had actual mail back then. The Pony Express, it just it was swimming and then it would come <laughs> and they would go. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Why why chance it with your son knowing that there's some crazy lunatics going to be coming out after it and ones that turn into skeletons and never die? Yeah. Do you want to chance that? No. Bootstrap didn't think about this very well. That's right. He just did it. I mean, I can maybe understand that he was a little teed off at them for the mutiny and he'd be playing golf now? all. Yeah, he's playing golf. And so maybe he was sticking it to them, sticking it to the man, not letting him have it. Because that would have been, it's like, hey, they're never going to leave the Caribbean. Then he can mail it off there. Right. So he can drop it in the U.S. Postal Box there. <laughs> but if not, or the Caribbean Post Office. But that's what I'm saying. It just seems a little like, why'd you mail that to your son? Could have mailed it to somebody you didn't like. You know? You know, maybe. Yeah. You just imagine. Rigetti opens a package. Hey, Bootstrap sent me a medallion. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah, so like I said, I do have information later on because it does come up and then we can get our confirmation on that. But I figured it would be a good just conversation and a question to ask you. So not only is Elizabeth teasing here, you're also teasing. I was teasing. And I knew that you might not know or remember some of the conversation details because we haven't gotten that far in our minutes yet. Yeah. So that's why I did that. But I also wanted to just hear your thoughts on if Bootstrap actually was a good man or a good father for that. Can you be a good father if you've sent skeleton pirates well, out to your son? I mean, Bootstrap also ran away with the pirates, so to say. <laughs> I mean, really? He had a family, yet he ran away with the pirates. Is that really a good father? If we're Possibly. really t- if we're talking about good fathers here? Possibly. You, you think running away with the pirates Maybe was a good father? Maybe he was going father. to get his gold, and then he was going to come back with the gold. Maybe he was going to then send what about for his an kids. Honest I don't, now, I have to re- living. now I have to remember what the history was on why he ended up leaving and i don't remember that now maybe he was gonna just go get his fortune and come back you know that a lot of the sailors and stuff they would leave during that time because it wasn't just a hop skip and a jump when you went somewhere yeah so there you go we both have our own excuses for bootstrap so bootstrap just comes out so it looks like he comes out even he's even steven even steven bootstrap bill turner there you go (laughs) Since we were playing hypotheticals, I also have another hypothetical for you. Okay. And this one is... You know how I feel about hypotheticals. I know. You don't like to play these games, for sure. And this gets back to Elizabeth and Will. Elizabeth must have told Will that they only needed a little blood to repay the curse, right? Yeah. And given Will wants to protect her at all costs, do you think he should have taken a chance and sailed back or rode back to Isla de Muerta and tried to end the curse for the pirates... Under the protection of Parlay, and that maybe they would let him go in peace on the Interceptor. No. No, that's it? Because both of them must believe this pursuit will never end. I mean, right? That they're going to keep coming and coming until they get this. Elizabeth knows they're immortal. They're skeletons. Right. And she knows that he really needs to eat a bushel of apples and he's not going to stop. So what? imagine if Will 
gets back to the interceptor. He gets the story from Elizabeth. He's like, you know, we got to end this right now. He takes the medallion. He rows back to Isla de Morta. He gets there and he goes, parlay right away so they don't shoot him. He talks to Barbosa, says, hey, drip some blood. We'll see if this works and throw it back. And if it does, we take the interceptor and go back and you never bother us again. And you have Jack in the Black Pearl and do whatever you want. I don't think Barbosa would take that deal. Why? Because now, after Elizabeth's whole thing, they're going to want him you to spill. You think they're just going to all the blood? All right? the blood. <clears throat> okay, for one thing. Well, also, maybe they know where then Isla de Muerta is because now they, he might be uncharted, but they know where it is now. And then anybody could come back and take their gold hoard there. Right. And then Barbosa has, could potentially have two ships here. So why would he give that up? That's true. I don't know what's in Barbosa's mind. I was like, yeah, he's like, no, because the black, then he'd have two fast ships. He's like, we got to get some apples. (laughs) First ship to get me some apples wins. And Barbosa would, you know, oh, he may tell Will he's going to take that deal, but there's no way he's going to follow through on it. Because there are more guidelines than actual rules. Exactly. There you go. Circle of pirate life. Yes. So that was my last question then since you shot it down. Didn't even think that that was possible. Barbosa would spill all his blood. Well, then Just maybe to appease his the cursed crew. Yeah, the heathen gods. So maybe then it's wise for them to get the hell out of there then. Exactly. They Just can like, play games on another day. I'm thinking, yeah, they can play doctor on another day when it's not so freaking hot. So I say, <laughs> since we're, we get our capacitor and we can fix our AC, that how about we just get on out of here so we can stop sweating I do have one thing oh before God, we go. Oh, my God, the heat. What? The kiss. What? There was no kiss. There, okay. Almost kiss. Okay. Tell Elliot has five rules of screenwriting. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Okay. Maybe it is worth sweating a little bit Exactly. For. Okay. The first rule is no bookends. Okay. Second rule, no bookends. <laughs> I guess he doesn't like bookends. <laughs> yeah. Third rule, never kill a dog. That sounds like a good rule. Yep. Fourth rule? Because that, that just bums you out, though, when oh, you I see ha- the dog. I, I hate movies that kill a dog, and I'll never watch them again. Animals in general. In, you know, any like, animals, yeah. If it's a and blatant I, thing like that. I will never watch the movie again. That's not true. If it's a blatant thing, war movies you've watched again. That's different. Oh, that's see, not, boom. That's a Technicality different, just got her on a technicality. Whatever. So anyway, fourth rule is save the kiss until the very end. Ah. And the fifth, which that happens to be, I think, a lot of people's rule because they always tease you with that tension. Yes, are they going to kiss? Are they going to get together? And we talked about some of that formula stuff there earlier. And they wait till the end. And then the fifth rule: feel free to disagree with all these rules. (laughs) So he leaves it open to whatever he needs to do to make the script work. (laughs) Or the producer, the directors come back and say you need to change this, and they he'll go ahead and break that rule. Exactly. Well, that was worth it. Okay, good. I'm done now. The sixth rule is never broadcast from a burning hot studio. (laughs) Polished off my drink. That's probably the first time I've ever done that during a show. Yeah. Normally you only drink like two tablespoons. Two tablespoons a day. Yeah. That's what I can survive on. Let's get out of here. And hopefully we can come back for a minute, what, 80 in a nice cool studio. Oh, I hope so. We'll be back tomorrow with minute 80 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, 
Let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Arr! What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.